0: The Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody, and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. the Nova Productions. Episode of the Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Pelletier. Joining me is Brian Scott's other burner account, the one, the only, Justin Mark. And also joining us is Drew Plitt sucks, Matt Morse, as well. Welcome, gentlemen. How are we doing?
1: Drew Plitt well, is number one pick.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: 101 I was Drew Plitt.
2: 101 fan. Uh, man, I I've never been so su- I should have learned i mean at least jordan Tayamo started for the usfl even though the, the bandits were kind of bad but oh my god how can they be not be starting slaughter week one we're going to get into that more here shortly but <laughs> i guess this is now a drew plitt fan account so you heard it here first <laughs> and it's going to lead me to the promised one. land i'm
0: sorry i need to redo that drew plitt's number one fan matthew morse
2: as of today that's right yep <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, boys, we got some depth chart. We got some other news. Let's just let's talk about some of these surprising things that happened. You know, Justin, you're a plugged in spring football insider. Talk to me about what's going on here.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the biggest surprises were the quarterbacks, which we already kind of buried the lead there. Drew Plitt starting over Kyle Sloater.
2: Um, That one surprised me. I think it surprised a lot of people, really. I don't think there's anyone that didn't surprise except maybe XFL Jim, who in his depth chart article back in November after the initial draft, you'll remember, check it out on SGPN.com folks. Uh, he did say that he thought Drew Plate would get, you know, first, uh, he, he listed him as the first stringer, which I kind of laughed at. I thought XFL Jim was just trying to be kind of like edgy and like different. Uh, he knew something we all didn't. Maybe we should get him on one of these pods to, to guest star or something, because I don't know how he called that one. We should have mentioned that during the draft that we just ran on all fantasy sports. Um, but yeah, I just, I can't believe, I've, who knows what's going on behind the scenes, right? Spring leagues uh, do this to us every year. I mean, uh, the three of us have all been through this in one way or another. Um, I just can't believe that that team reunited Slaughter and Canela to then not use them week one. So, unle- yeah, I, I, he's laughing. Justin's laughing because he, I mean, they, they literally nope. were the all pro quarterback and tight end in the USFL reunited on the same like it almost seemed like they were at an advantage over everybody else because who else had that kind of continuity right like that was that was going to be the probably the number one connection in the xfl to start unless there's something we don't know like injury related not getting along with the coaches unable to pick up a playbook i I don't know but um i don't know what your guys thoughts is but i'm not sure what went into that kind of decision or what's going on with that coaching staff
1: i mean plitt was a a pretty good athlete at ball state so i I with average just, passing numbers. <laughs> I just I agree with the fact that I I thought this was Sloter's job. Um so it makes you wonder if that knee's not 100% healthy, you know, could he be. played injured I, towards the end of the year. I so. mean, and that
0: could be the big thing is that Sloter's just not 100% and if he's not 100% and he can't move, that's really going to hurt him in a league where you're not sure what the offensive line protection is going to be. Drew Plitt might have just looked more explosive and he's got playmakers to make plays with. How canella uh, good offensive line guys like Jordan Smallwood, Keith Ford, lots of players there for
2: them to make yeah. plays with. He's for surrounded sure. by a good roster. I mean, we decided last time we were on here that we were a renegade super fan pod. So, I mean, so uh, let's just I mean, let's maybe just, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Let's bounce around to
0: some of the other news. Uh, Justin, what else we got going on here?
1: Luis Perez winning the starting job over Brett overpaid Ooh. Hunley. So another Tell us surprise. How you
2: feel about that one, Justin? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm uh, not a Luis Perez fan, as anybody that's listening to my stuff knows, um, but I'm not a Huntley fan either. So, um, but it's was- <laughs>
0: interesting, yeah,
1: interesting uh, choice either way.
0: I mean, and the thing there is, it just might be Luis Perez is—he's a game manager. He's a good game manager. He's gonna—he can yeah. move the ball short down the field. He can't push it necessarily as far down the field as you might like, but he's able to understand an offense. He's going to find the open guy and he's going to make a smart play. And right now that might look better than the explosiveness and athleticism that Brett Hundley brings to the table. So I don't know that this is necessarily like sinking the Brett Hundley ship so much as it's Luis Perez has just had so much time to be embedded in that offense that he might just be the safer option for week one.
1: And I don't I know if you know this, long... Adam. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I don't know if you know this, Adam. But Perez taught himself football watching YouTube. Oh God! <laughs>
2: how many times are we going to hear that? Um, I think it's going to be at least four times yeah, on I, one I, broadcast. Do you guys want to set the line and bet on it? We <laughs> are. Oh wait, this is the gambling pod number. Uh, <laughs> no, I almost. So, how long has Hunley been in camp? Is it only? Has it even been a month? I mean, I know he's. I know no, he's it's only new. been like
0: two, three. It's only been like three that... weeks. Weeks, so that's yeah. probably
2: playing into this, I'm guessing. And like Adam said, I mean, uh, Luis Perez's biggest strength is he doesn't really turn the ball over. Um, I mean, I know he I don't remember how many games he solely started for the generals in the USFL last year, but I know he started quite a few and he played in every game. Um, he did split time with DeAndre Johnson, obviously, until uh, he was battling injury, but I think Perez only threw like one interception like he had decent Uh, Game manager numbers like he had a I think his completion percentage was in the mid 60s. I I wish I had the stats right in front of me. I should have looked him up before talking about him. But um, I want to say he threw something like 12 touchdowns and one interception like he he was very efficient. It just like Adam said doesn't jump off the page athleticism wise.
1: Yeah, he had a good um, completion percentage. However, Watching him in that last playoff game when the blitz was on, he cannot escape the Left pocket. a lot to be desired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: I mean, and that's the biggest thing with him. I mean, you saw him be limited in the in the USFL. I mean, he was in a platoon with DeAndre Johnson. You know, and big volumes. DeAndre Johnson looked like the better quarterback. DeAndre Johnson has a better arm, better escapability. Luis Perez just had the ability to dink and dunk his way down the field. And it's been that way since he was in the AAF. He yeah. wasn't anything
2: spectacular
0: in the AAF either.
2: He makes for a really good. Good. I mean, not to state the obvious here, but he makes for a really good QB two for this type of team. And maybe this is the type of situation they envision for him, right? Like they like Hunley's ceiling. He's not ready yet. And they don't think Perez will lose them the game in week one and probably has a good grasp of the offense. And will at least get the ball into the hands of the playmakers for now. I mean, they're, I mean, the Vipers are another team that are just like loaded playmakers wise. Right. I mean, we've got Martavis Bryant. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I just I just think they don't need to do much more than – I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a lot of screens and such in week one. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think the over-under is for – I mean, how soon are we going to see Hundley? Is it going to be week two, week three? I think yeah, you're I mean, going to see is, a mix this week. You think? Mm. Another DeAndre Johnson type thing? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> WinBet
0: is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets. Build your own bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Get $100. Limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
1: The other big quarterback thing, um, because we got Danucci, McCarron, Tamu, we all kind of expected them to start the Guardians, though, listing Paxton Lynch or DeAndre Francois or Quentin Dormady as their starting quarterback. So
0: that's mean, we talked about it, you know, previously, and it's really just there that there's always a dumpster fire spring football quarterback <laughs> situation. There is, and this, is you it. know, you had the <laughs> like Express it. in the AAF, you had the Guardians in the XFL slash Vipers in the XFL slash dragons in the xfl and now and in the usfl we had the michigan panthers and Mallers. the pittsburgh Maulers. yeah and now we have the orlando guardians again and we also might have the san antonio brahmas but we'll touch on them in a minute three oars i mean ken paxton lynch a former first round pick beat out guys who weren't even drafted is the big
2: question You would hope so. I mean, he's got one of the higher pedigrees, I think, in the XFL, being a former first-round pick of the Denver Broncos. Um, Obviously couldn't cut it there. I know that's a pick. that Was that an Elway pick? He was there at that time. That was an Elway pick. Oh, gosh. The more Paxton Lynch flames out in spring leagues, the worse John Elway looks. He looks terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I guess these spring leagues just keep being wooed. By his, I mean he is an athletic dude and he's huge, right? Like he, like if you were to like build what you want your quarterback to look like, it's Paxton Lynch, and then he gets on the field and throws up all over himself, and we are reminded why he flamed out of <laughs> the NFL and was in a pseudo quarterback competition for the Michigan Panthers last year in what the second worst offense in league? Were they worse than the Maulers or were the Maulers? I can't remember. No, they, the were worse. Uh, I, I thought so, but I mean the Panthers weren't too much better. Um, I mean, I don't think any of us thought Lynch was getting the starting job out of the gate. I think we kind of thought this was going to be another one of those situations, like Adam said. It was going to be a dumpster fire. When we were trying to create our projections going into the season, we didn't know necessarily who to project to take the most snaps. We kind of were like, okay, let's divvy it up a bit. Let's figure out how many games we think each of these guys are going to start. But I think all of us are in agreement that we thought Lynch was going to be the kind of guy where – Week four or five, or something, it's not going well. They're like, All right, let's insert the athletic guy in there and see if he can, you know, rekindle some of that old like, college skill out of Memphis. But, um, I guess they, I mean, maybe he showed something in camp, maybe he's finally figured it out. I tend to doubt it, but, um, I guess I shouldn't be talking too much crap about Paxton Lynch since he's now on my SGPN XFL fantasy team because. You know, and it's not that I don't love Drew Plitt. I love him, but you know, don't know that he's going to keep I the mean, job. More job.
0: interesting for the Guardians for me is that Eli Rogers is on the second string, as is Dantes Bird. These are guys who had, you know, in Eli Rogers' case NFL experience and Dantes Bird XFL experience previously, and they're buried on the jet chart behind Charleston Rambo, Stephen Guidry, and Logan Carter. You know, were we I don't wrong know what's going thinking on with Eli Rogers? I, I mean, can he Rogers play football anymore? This is an honest question. He no-showed on the Tampa Bay Bandits. I know. Yeah. That was he, my favorite he, sack he, going he, into the USFL <laughs> o- season last year was Tayamo and Rogers. You see so, that what goes? we're hearing is fade Matt's favorite. All seasons. of my favorite sacks. <laughs> fade him.
2: Slaughter and Canela is obviously not going to work week one. So Or is yes. it the,
0: or is it the 3D chess play because Slaughter takes over in the second half
2: and just balls out. Yeah, I'm a mastermind, he writes.
1: Very possible. Um, and it's hard for Rogers to beat out a guy named Rambo. I mean, guys named Rambo, you got to just is Rambo, automatically you know? Hold start. Hold on, him.
2: his first name is Charleston,
1: though. <laughs> true. All right. True. Well, his
2: That balances like the Rambo
0: out.
2: <laughs> they were, as a baby, they were like, we want him to get an education. We don't want him thinking he's got to be in the jungle surviving. <laughs> let's, let's even out the name. Um, hopefully he doesn't bring a machete on the field, but you know, you know but, this is the XFL, So
0: but also after that guardians, you know, roster, we see John Martin jump out to the first, you know, be the lead back right here. And John Martin is a guy. A lot of people have had their eyes on, you know, out of North Carolina A&T, you know, very talented back really, you know, 2021, he struggled a little bit, but in 2019, he was absolutely prolific 1400 yards rushing um and 23 touchdowns to go with 44 yards receiving through the air you know he was just an absolute monster for the Aggies there and you know if he can rekindle that
2: you got to be excited about Jamein Martin right I would be cuz i don't know that they're going to put the game in Paxton Lynch's hands you know what i mean this might be a ground and pound offense coming out in week 1 um so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think early on in the season, we probably – or early on in the offseason, I don't know that we were high enough high enough on Martin, but this depth chart kind of confirms that the offense is probably going to run through him out of the gate. Um, so sneak peek probably will be talked about in my DFS content. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm also intrigued by Cody Latimer. Um, I think he was one that uh, J-Mark and I had talked about early on in the offseason, um, how are they going to deploy him um their depth chart i i'm not sure if it, it's a little ambiguous they don't really list the tight end they just kind of list their x looks like H Y X Z receivers they've got latimer and becker in the h so i'm guessing it was that a tight end slot role what do we think there is that kind of like an h back what are they doing with that yeah it's gonna be a tight end sl- slash slot role for cool sure. i mean that's kind of what we were hoping when yeah. we were talking about latimer and earlier pod we are like okay they've got them converted to tight end to me that uh to me that projects as like a, a possession slot receiver, which I think having Cody Latimer in that role in that offense is great. Another guy with a lot of NFL experience with the Denver Broncos, he never lit the league on fire, but he made. I think he was in the league, what, six, seven years. Uh, Kept finding his way on the rosters for uh, the Broncos and giants. I think he got more playing time with the giants kind of in that three, four receiver role. Um, but he's an intriguing one for, for me too, especially um, as far as PPR value goes. I think I mentioned that earlier in, a, in an earlier pod too, but I'm even more intrigued seeing where they have them listed now and kind of that, that H role.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I'm high on Cody Latimer. Um, if you haven't done your draft yet, which I got one Thursday and one Friday, so it's very possible you haven't drafted yet. Um <laughs> This is the only team that's got two running backs. So we talk about spring football, how it's so hard to determine that's a great the, point. who to draft because they'll mix them all in there. This only has two. So if you get a chance to draft Jamaine Martin, I think that is um, a guy that can you know is going to be an RB1 all year unless he has an injury. I mean, and Devin... Yep, I was just Dev- gonna say
2: Devin Darrington's probably the best handcuff. Then, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Devin Darrington wasn't bad. You know, he wasn't great. He wasn't light the world on fire. But coming out of Harvard, then going to play at Virginia, you know, wasn't again didn't light the didn't light the world on fire. Five nine two oh five, little smaller, but he has the ability to make plays with the ball in his hands, and you know, not a terrible pass catcher. But you know, it feels like it's. There's a lot of upside in this backfield is what I'd say. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So and just continuing with the depth charts that we've seen, you know, we saw the Seattle Sea Dragons now too. We got confirming, we got confirmed that Ben Denucci is gonna be the starter over Steven Montez to no one but Justin's surprise that Ben Denucci is <laughs> gonna be the starter there. And, you know, they're running four wide in that June Jones offense with Josh Gordon, Jacor, Pearson, Blake Jackson, and Juwan Green. You know, so who who's going to be Ben DiNucci's number one target? Who's the guy you're really looking at there in Seattle?
1: I think it's hard not to want to see Josh Gordon do well. Um, just after he did so well in the NFL, and then he fell out of that because of his issues off field issues um so for me it's it's hard not to root for him and to hope like he can come in here and show that he can still play um so that i mean that's kind of who i'm high on I, i put him in my first dfs stack with the nooch and you know they're gonna throw the ball so i mean these are all guys that i think are valuable fantasy pieces
2: yeah, I mean, I'm uh, when it comes to the Sea Dragons offense, I'm looking at Juwan Green and uh, Josh Gordon definitely. I think those are the, going to be the one twos in the offense. They seem to be listed here at the top of the depth chart everywhere we look. There's going to be so many passes to go around in that offense. You can't go wrong targeting any of the top three four receivers. I think even in their earliest depth chart, they just they list four wide, no tight end. Like they're just going to be an air raid running gun offense. And you, I I I think just getting a piece of them is the way to go. Um, I am curious to see. Did we get any price? Thing on D- dfs yet I'd, I'd love to check that out i'd love to see where josh gordon and juan green fall um when the, josh, the dfs pricing comes out
1: josh gordon's at like 9100 i don't know for juan wow green for sure
2: okay okay so gordon I'm is sure he's pricey right now that yeah, might be I mean, name, rec- sure name recognition. recognition yeah i, yeah, I mean they usually
0: thinking. keep name recognizable guys priced high yep in this so and now just looking over at the battle hawks nothing maybe shocking you know but we've got Darius Shepard and Marcel Aitman top in the depth chart with Hakeem Butler and Austin Prohl backing them up only two wide receivers listed one of the few teams that's just listed two an X and a Z with no slot receiver and the tight end Giovanni Haskins is
2: currently the leader is currently listed as the tight end one over Jordan Thomas currently over Jordan Thomas and Jake Sutherland Wow. Yeah, didn't see that coming. We were on the Jordan Thomas train there earlier in the season. This is spring football at its best. And Brian Hill is listed as RB1 currently. Yep. Which... Backed
0: up by Kareem Walker and Mateo Durant, bringing up the rear.
1: Yeah, I think is uh, Brian Hill's kind of your starting running back as well as short yardage. Mateo Durant is a pass catcher. So I think he'll be used on like passing downs. Um, but yeah, Brian Hill's a guy that really good in Wyoming, bounced around the NFL, played for the Falcons, um, that I think he's got a chance of being one of the better backs in this league, especially on an offense that I think the, the Battle Hawks and Anthony Beck, I think they're going to run the ball. I mean, they're coached by a tight end. I think they're going to run the ball.
0: I mean, he's, he was quoted as saying there was going to be kind of a West Coast scheme looking like a Sean McVay-esque offense, so I'm curious – if Bruce Kradkowski can deliver something like that. Right. <laughs> I mean, they might have the best quarterback in AJ McCarron and they might have the best line. I just don't know if they have the coaching and the weapons around them to make that happen.
2: Agree. The you know, West Coast scheme, uh, you know, quarterback by AJ McCarron could be intriguing. It's just how well is it going to be implemented, right? This is, I think we had talked about in an earlier pod is, can the talent win out over the inexperienced coaching? Um, but uh, yeah, they're one of those teams I'm really interested to watch. I think they're still near the top of like betting odds. Like everyone's got, I think they're still, they're the favorite, the the best odds to win. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that might be an AJ McCarron line. I don't know. Um, I'd be curious to see what Bama boy does. (laughs) Um, but yeah, this Brian Hill news I'm very intrigued by. I hadn't considered him as a starter. Um, like Justin said, really productive college career, actually better than I thought. At three years at Wyoming, he rushed for over 4,200 yards and 30. five touchdowns and he's not a slouch in the receiving game either. I know the presence of Mateo Durant might, you know, suppress that, that value a little bit. Uh, But depending on, I don't know, Justin, do you have the the pricing right in front of you? What is, what is Hill sitting at for DFS pricing right now? That's, I'm intrigued by him this week.
1: I don't, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, So that might be a nice
2: sleeper week one.
0: And thinking about this offense, you know, I'm also looking at Giovanni Haskins, you know, listed as the starter, but the question is, is he listed as the starter because he's a better blocker? And we're going to see more of Jordan Thomas in a receiving role. And we're going to see a clear delineation between the blocking and the receiving tight end. But if Giovanni Haskins is going to be the receiver, you know, AJ McCarron is a smart quarterback. If his tight ends open, he's going to look for him. And tight ends can be a mismatch against less structured defenses in the XFL. So we could be looking at Giovanni Haskins, you know, maybe next week we're looking at Giovanni Haskins and we're like, Oh, who thought he was going to be the breakout star of week one. Donald Parnum of XFL. Donald Parnum of the XFL too.
1: <laughs> is it gonna be weird if the best quarterback in this league is a 32 year old guy? No. No, That's but weird. I don't think
0: it's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen because we've seen we've seen the veterans before and they flame mm-hmm. out in spring football. When we think of like, I think of like the Matt McLoyne of the Anna of the XFL one, you know, guys like that where it's Murray, thought too, they, I think. Yeah, when it's like we think he's going to be great, but he just can't do it. Like he just he doesn't have the physical talent. You know, he might have the head to do it, but he can't make plays with what's in front of him. He's just trying to over anticipate and his players can't over anticipate. I mean, he had one of the best receivers, you know, same with Cardell Jones in D.C. the last time around. Rashad Ross and Mikhail McKay were both dominant receivers in the AAF and they just were massively underutilized in the XFL because of bad quarterbacking. And it's just a tragedy to see something like that happen when you have guys that are that talented. One
1: thing I would say, if you plan on drafting agent McCarron handcuff him with Manny Wilkins um, if you want to handcuff quarterback, because that's a guy who he played with Green Bay for a while um, athletic, and good quarterback that I feel like could fit a West Coast scheme very well, and maybe even play better than old man, old man AJ McCarron. I don't mean to offend all of us that are older than him but... <laughs> I say, "Oh no, oh no." <laughs> but I'm also not in any shape to go uh, sling the rock on the field, so I'll call him an old man on the field.
2: There you go. I mean, he did almost win a playoff game. I mean, it's not like he he didn't do any like he he wasn't Brett Hundley backing up Aaron Rodgers for four how, years and doing nothing else. How like, many years McCarran ago was that started them? games? Yeah, well, you know, thirty two is the new twenty two or something. I mean, <laughs> I just uh, I mean, Adam could very well be right. We've seen the story it's oldest oldest time right like older quarterbacks that uh, you know with NFL experience, we think are going to be a lot better um, than they than they actually are. I'm just not ready to sell A.J. McCarron yet, given that he wasn't just a backup quarterback that sat holding a clipboard. I mean, that was sure. what he did the majority of the time, but I think he started like half that season for Cincinnati where they went to the playoffs and were like, it was like a one-score playoff game. And he didn't play poorly. Yeah. They just lost the game. Um, so I'm still intrigued by him. I might be talking him up because I did take him very high in some drafts, but, uh, um, I'm not ready to sell him yet though. Your Manny Wilkins handcuff idea isn't a bad one. I think handcuffing your quarterback in these spring leagues, if you have the roster spot for it, not the worst idea. I mean,
0: it's not terrible, but I'd much rather take another bite at the apple with a flex player. You know, I'd rather take a depth running back or receiver. Because at the end of the day, I think one of, one or two of these teams is going to utilize a quarterback in their conversion packages. So you're going to be well able put. to stitch together six, seven, eight points out of the quarterback position. You know, I really look at D.C. with Eric Dungy, and I think that's a team that's going to do something like that and utilize Hammer D. Eric King more on conversions. And I'd rather trot that out and have another bite at a superstar Another bite at the Springs football superstar, Apple, from the flex positions.
1: Speaking of DC and flex positions, Puka Williams listed as a running back and wide receiver. Um, so they're they going to get you involved.
0: They only have two running backs on their roster right now. They have Abram Smith and Ryqual Armstead. So you got to know that. So Puka Williams as a wide receiver, sure, but he's able to get running back snaps. That's just, that's good depth chart and good roster management on DC's part.
1: Yeah, um, for sure. I just think he's he's definitely somebody I'm looking at for later rounds because I think he'll get involved a lot.
2: Yeah, he's gonna be great PPR value potentially, right? Yeah. Depending on his role. Like is he gonna play kind of a third down back slot receiver kind of gadget role? I mean, that could be really valuable uh in a spring football offense. I'm intrigued.
0: It's also interesting. Josh Malone was a late addition to the defender's roster, but he appears to be buried. He does on the depth chart, you know, almost at the tail end of it for the receiver room. And you gotta wonder you know, is you know, there are guys who are not gonna be factors at all. Guys are gonna play, but are they gonna be factors? And I don't know that Josh Malone's a guy. There was some hype and buzz around him, but I don't know that he's mm-hmm. anybody that I'm excited about. What I am excited about is Abram Smith being listed yes. in the in the XFL's North Division preview. That's great to see. You love to see him. We were really in on him um coming out of Baylor, and it's really great to think about how he could be really huge for the defenders and what we think is going to be a run heavy offense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were high on him from the get go and rightfully so. Right. So uh, nice to see him featured and clearly this offense. I mean, not, I guess not clearly, but it seems like the offense is going to run, run through Smith. Um, I mean, here's to hoping we see the 20, I think 2020 version of Te'amu and not last year's USFL version of Tayamu. Uh, maybe this roster and coaching is better. Um, I mean, I'm trying not to have my heart broken again. I was so excited for Te'amu and the Pantits last year and just got let down in so many ways. Um, I don't know, Justin, convince me that Te'amu is going to be better this time around. Please, please. Two weeks. Me. I gave him on the XFL gambling pod. I gave him two weeks and then Derek King's the starter. He's going to lead the league.
1: And then Derek King's the starter.
2: make me feel better, Justin. Two weeks. <laughs> Just, it's oh. just my feeling,
1: but I could, you know, I could be way off because there's potential
2: in there, and there was a. I'm biased so against Tamu, so I know you are. I know you are.
0: <laughs> and it's just the key is going to be is will they start to unleash his running ability because that's really what made him so dominant. There was they had such a strong running game that Tamu could really yep. pick his shots. What they're missing though that St. Louis had is they lack big-bodied receivers in DC. And that has me nervous. When you look at the St. Louis battle Hawks roster, it looked more like they were fielding a basketball team than, a, than a football roster. And they were balanced across the board with guys like Keith Mumfrey, free. Um, and just, and to uh, Pearson Allen, guys like that, that they would get the ball to downfield that would get open and could make contested catches. I don't know that DC has this. And, the Bandits certainly didn't have it last year, and when he doesn't have a guy who can make contested catches... That's a good
2: point. Jordan Talamu really struggles to be effective throwing the ball. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see what they scheme up, right? Because it looks like wide receiver one uh, going in is Jaquez Azard, who has potential in and of himself, but he's a 5'9 speed guy, right? So like you said, not one of those big body contested catch guys. And so are we going to see... Tampa Bay bandits 2.0. I hope not. Um, I hope that they figure out, I mean, it'd be great to see him utilize, like you were saying, some more read option, short screens type pass stuff, just like utilize that athletic ability and make, you know, safe efficient throws and get that offense going. Um, We'd love to see it. Fingers crossed. I'm not heavily invested in Tiambo this year, but it'd be nice to see Justin be wrong. (laughs) Just kidding. I'd like to be right. Thank you.
1: (laughs) A part of it's just because I, I think Derek King is a, a better athlete and I think he's a better quarterback. So I, I think he deserves a shot. Now who's not to say he doesn't get it though? I mean they this is spring ball. They mix right. things up a lot. So
2: I mean we could see some two quarterback systems. We've seen it before, right? So who knows where yep. that's gonna come to come into play and in what, what situation.
1: Yep. Speaking yeah. of two quarterback systems, sorry, Adam, not to take no the, go uh, ahead conversation here but the Brahmas with Jack Cohn starting that doesn't feel permanent to me it feels like Reed Sinnott or Juwan Pass are going to get involved in that offense um, Jack Cone being kind of your statue quarterback Juwan Pass <laughs> and Senate both being better athletes that one surprised me I I don't know he must have looked good in training camp but it, it does surprise me that he was named the starter
0: I mean, but Jack Cohn is a guy who comes from, you know, he's played Division one football. He's a good right. passer out of Wisconsin and Notre Dame. You know, he was 18 touchdowns against five interceptions in 2019 at Wisconsin through for 2,700 yards. Then at Notre Dame in 2021, 3,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, seven against seven picks. You know, he's an accurate passer. And this is something that a lot of coaches tend to default to is, is they want a guy who's going to be accurate. And you say – and Jack Cohen might not be mobile, but he can get into the end zone running the ball. You know, seven touchdowns across his collegiate career. Four at Wisconsin in his 2019 season, two at Notre Dame. 6'3", good size. If he can find – if he can orchestrate this Brahma's offense, which we think is going to be run heavy, and then pick his shots to the receivers, I think that could be really good, and he could be a breakout star in here – A la a guy like Garrett Gilbert. You know, we think of spring quarterbacks as being mobile runners. Garrett Gilbert was not that, but he is probably the second most successful spring quarterback we have seen behind Taylor Heineke.
2: It's a name I have That's not it. heard in a long, long time. I was time. just thinking that too. I was like, oh yeah, Garrett Gilbert reference. Let's go. Take yeah, her. I mean, Cohn's shown the ability to throw for, I mean, just to to chuck it. I mean, he threw for 509 yards in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. So it's not like he's uh necessarily like a dink and duck system quarterback like like Adam was saying, he can chuck it. So maybe we're wrong. Um I'm not hedging my bets that Cohn is gonna be the starter of the whole season. I just I, with spring football, I just you just never know. Um, I mean, do we still want to talk about this Brahma's offense? I know Adam's a Jacquez Patrick uh, superfan, and I've seen some uh, Blush Put some, some
0: name on San Antonio, put some respect on San Antonio Brahma's captain Jaquez Patrick's name. Which is good news,
2: <laughs> that he's captain. That is That likely speaks volumes about what they what think of I think that's him. huge. That I, that I, I do, do think that's yeah. huge. Um, but I just think it's worth talking. I mean, I know we've talked about Kalen Balazs before and his receiving ability, and I've seen him, um, you know, highlighted a few times in some articles. I'm just considering do you guys have any fear about him eating into Patrick's work? Or is this going to be a running back centric offense? Uh, is Balazs going to get more receiving work? What do we think? I'm interested in them both fantasy wise. I just, I don't know if anything's changed since the last time we spoke. Are we still Patrick borderline RB one in the league? Um, is that still how we're feeling? The captaincy is a big deal.
1: I think so. I think Belage is more of your change of pace and kind of pass catcher. Um, same with Calvin Turner. I think Belage and Turner kind of fight each other's production while Patrick continues to be the top dog there. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what Heinz Ward does with this offense, you know, first-time coach. Yeah. Um, that, that has me nervous as well for just this offense in general. What are they going to look like with Heinz Ward, you know?
0: Yep. I mean, what is this? <laughs> What I would say is, unlike some of the other teams that just went out and got a bunch of speedsters, the Brahmas went out and said, we're going to go get us some jump ball receivers. We're going to get us some guys who can get up. TJ Basher, 6'6", Jalen Tolliver, 6'3", Travis Johnson, mm-hmm. 6'4", Landon Akers is 6'1", Fred Brown, foot, and, and Therese Robertson is 5'10", but that is some big physical receivers. They're gonna have an advantage over smaller corners. I mean, TJ Basher yep. at 6'6 could just be an absolute cheat code in the XFL. You gotta be looking at him as a key component. And I know also um uh Elise Mack uh played with Jack Cohn in college, if I'm if I'm True. not mistaken.
2: Oh so god, here's the have- slaughter and canelo connection that I'm not gonna get. <laughs> it was under the radar, it was right in front of me the whole time.
1: There, there's some grown ass men for sure. He did not. I'm sorry. He
0: did not play with J. Oh, oh,
2: okay. You, but they I are thought both Notre too. Dame. I thought he did too. But they are both. He's older. He's much older. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I think the the big body thing is actually a great point that you pick up because especially in the league. Oh, where, hold on. You know, there might not be as much prep time. Breaking oh, no, news. What we find out? What do we learn? We, we have a, a Vipers depth chart. <gasps> Excellent. Great, Lu- great Perez, on the
0: pod too. Luis Perez starting, Brett Hundley mm-hmm. backing him up. Starting receivers, Martavis Bryant, Jeff Badet, and Geronimo
2: Allison. I love that. That Luis is a great Q starting receiver. Trio.
0: And Matthew Sexton are the backup receivers. Rod Smith, the starting running back. John Lovett, the number two. Oh no. I hope DeAndre y'all are- Torrey, the number three.
1: Hope y'all are looking at my projected depth chart I sent you that was in the correct order. <laughs> the tight end, Brandon Dillon. Oh, I had that one wrong. I thought Travis Coons was going to get that. Travis yeah. Koontz is
2: listed third on the depth. may or may not have ah. just taken John Lovett. <laughs> Behind Sean Price. Oh. No, I mean, there was a lot of John Lovett hype. I'm sad. He was my number one running back in our last uh, draft just now. I, I mean, I went, I took two receivers off the board and It was still sitting there. I was like, oh, great. I still got an RB1. Apparently not.
1: To be fair, Matt, I sent you Please this projected depth better. chart prior oh, make me feel better. to our draft. So you had my Rod Smith I did. projection.
2: I did. <laughs> I, did. I had the inside man himself, and I didn't even utilize him correctly. I'm a bit ashamed of myself. No, this Dev- is what makes it fun, right? I mean, that yeah. starting receiving trio is really fun. I, oh, I'm for really, sure, I'm really excited about that. And they get um, to
0: be underutilized by Luis Perez. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, because I was only feeling- now
2: the yeah. highest paid backup quarterback in the league. Justin is grinning ear to ear. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, like we said, I don't, we don't foresee that being permanent. I mean, I actually didn't even consider what Adam said. Maybe we'll see some Hundley packages this week to utilize his athletic ability. But Allison in the slot is really intriguing to me. Brian Allison, obviously, with their NFL experience, are just huge. Um, that might be the best starting receiver trio that we've seen. I'm trying to think if I there's think anybody so. that... I think it is. Yeah, I can't think of so, anybody that... Sea uh, Dragons pretty good, too, but uh, I think Vipers have the best receiving core.
0: Looking at Week 1 matchups, okay, we've Can got... Make- orlando and houston all right so orlando and houston how are y'all feeling about your houston roughnecks playing against the orlando guardians
2: i would favor houston
0: yeah i was. I, I mean I we're, feel obviously, good
2: about
0: we're favoring houston but i think Uh-oh. i think this is a state i think this is a place where according to some of our models you are really you're bumping up your roughnecks by almost 20 yes. percent over yeah. what you expect and on that same note, you're dropping your expected production out of your Guardians players, and also I think the QB factor has to drop them as well. Yeah, I, I would steer
2: clear of Orlando offensive players this week. I think, uh, especially early on, Houston's a bit of a matchup. I mean, player. I think you got to
0: play the two running backs just because they're going to get touches and take it. If you need, if you take a dart throw to receiver, do it. That's Because, fair. because you know somebody's going to catch the ball because they're going to be down big.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I would start Jamaine Martin and Cody Latimer. The rest I would be hesitant at. I know he's a tight end, but I just think he's going to get more of that receiving game.
2: Then we got DC and Seattle. What y'all thinking about that one? Start those Seattle pass catchers, regardless of matchup. That's how I feel about that. They're going to have so much volume. (laughs) Maybe I'll get proved wrong, but until further notice, if I have the chance to start a Seattle receiver, I'm doing it. I mean,
0: DC's defense could be able to slow them down. DC is one of the better defensive squads here. And you got to think that that might be able to, that might have people slowing them down a bit.
2: Yeah, it's possible. Um, I'm just thinking week one, there's still so much left of the unknown that I try to default to what we do know. And I just feel like I can predict volume more than I can predict matchups right now. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm full of crap, Uh, but Um, I just know early on, especially if I'm trying to do like tiebreakers and things of that nature. Um, I know Seattle's volume is definitely going to be um higher as far as you know, uh, pass catching ability goes. So we're all our leagues are PPR, I think, Mm -hmm. and that's my that's my default.
0: Yeah, then we're going to Vegas and Arlington. What y'all think about that?
2: That's That's it, Vegas, (laughs) 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 yeah, Drew. Split. Let's go. Um, <laughs> no,
0: I mean that's a fun matchup. I wish slaughter. Was I, I mean, I feel um, really good about Arlington's defense, and I think they're going to yes, have a good. Donald I think they're going to do a good job slowing down the Vegas offense. I mean, I'd really be out, especially knowing Luis Perez is starting. I would really fade your Vegas pass catchers.
1: Yeah, if you can. I mean, if you drafted Martavis Bryant, it was probably with an early rounder, so it's hard not probably to stop him. Up but yeah i agree if you can fade them fade them
0: and then lastly we've got san antonio and st louis any thoughts going on there
1: i you know i think st louis's defense is going to be very good um and i just i think they're going to overwhelm san antonio so i i'm i'm on the battlehawks start your offensive players especially the running backs i think they're going to control that game on the ground and kind of fade most of the Brahmas, but don't fade Jack as Patrick.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think trying to keep it simple. I mean, St. Louis probably is likely favored relatively heavily in that game, so I'm probably starting my offensive playmakers for St. Louis. Um, I know Adam doesn't agree with me, but the McCarran um, aitman stack is probably still good week one. I don't know. I, I try not to overthink it and say, oh, they're going to get up big, so they're not going to throw as much. Just start your studs, like especially in week one, right? I mean, I um, just don't know that St. Louis has the ability to get up big. I mean, I don't I see it. an
0: explosiveness. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't see it. I don't see an explosiveness in that offense. And again, the coaching staff just really worries me. I don't know that a first-time professional
2: play callers gonna be able to hack it. I really could don't. be rough
1: early on. Be a Brian a Hill, Hill game.
2: Could be, it could be clunky. Could be a Brian Hill game. This could be a fun Brian Hill game. And and I don't think a, San Antonio is bad time. defensively,
0: and I think that with big physical wideouts, San Antonio could really steal some points and put St. Louis in a position where they have to throw the ball and they just don't have the ability to do that. Man, we should do picks before these games. <laughs> and track of our XFL records picks the will be live on SGPN this week. Don't worry. Oh,
2: there we go.
0: That'll be fun. All right. Well, thank you all very much. Uh, Justin, one guy you're starting, one guy you're staying away from this week. Let's hear it.
1: Oh, I'm staying away from Luis Perez, and I just said it. I think it's going to be a Brian Hill game, so I'm starting Brian Hill.
2: There we go. Morse. Adam's not going to like this, but I'm staying away from Jack Cohn until I see more. Um, I mean, there's a reason nobody was – it was a shock that he was even starting. I don't feel that great about that Browns offense in general. One guy I'm starting – um abram smith i mean rb1 they're gonna they're gonna run the rock and he's there's a reason he's featured on everything about their offense so abram smith go for gold listen jacques smith is the embodiment
0: of the brahma bulls 6-3 <laughs> power back gonna power through i'm, I'm fine starting Steve patrick through his battle hack battle hawks line battle hacks that's right the battle hacks they're frauds. This ain't Studio your daddy's St. Louis, St. St. Louis battle hogs. <laughs> This team is fraudulent from top to bottom, I'm telling you right now. I'm starting right. Jaques Patrick, and I'm staying away from Jordan Taualmu in week one. I just – <laughs> saw it. I saw him look really bad in Tampa, and I think he's going to look really bad again because they didn't look at what made him successful, and I don't think they'll have learned their lessons. So again, that's Brian Scotts burner, Justin Mark. That's Drew Plitz, number one fan, Matt Morse, and I am Adam Pelletier. Signing off from the Alt Fantasy Pro- Podcast. See you. We'll see you next time. Nova,